Part fifteen of the Fates of the Princes of Dubbard by Kenneth Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Story of Rhiannon and Prideri, or the Book of the Three Unusual Arts of Prideri Fabpool. The first branch of it, namely, The Mare and the Foal of Tyrinion Tur Fliant. Two, The Mare and the Foal of Tyrinion Tur Fliant, and the Finding of Guri Gual Tyrene that morning he sent his foster-sons to garth milo for a day and a night to hunt in the vale with the king of glamorgan as soon as they were gone he hosted the whole of his armies and set them on the shore of the hafren at Aberimni, to watch said he against an invasion out of ireland then he rode back swiftly into caerleon no one remained in the city with him beyond old men women and children this will be well said he this will be entirely convenient and fitting i shall have peace now for the watching early in the evening he went into the stable and took his place beside the mare she turned her head towards him as he came in and as soon as she saw who it was laughed within herself there'll be an end of the enchantment now thought she as for the foal its hoofs were more delicate than the seashell it was perfectly formed beautiful-eyed firm of limb not one hair on its body was black or grey or dun or chestnut or brown or ruddy not one was less white than the mountain snow or the april cloud or the foam on the wave or the petal of the lily or the reflection on the waters of safathan from the wings and the breast of the swan you will be one to hurry the winds said tyrignon stroking it unless you should come by a better you shall have the name of Gwintoith from me yes yes thought the mare reflecting in her mind Gwintoith will be the name for him the king watched pacing up and down or pausing to fondle flamwen and the foal and to communicate to them the thoughts he might have in his mind a deep contentment was with the mare such as she had not known on a may eve for three years the silence was hardly broken at all with the motion of her beautiful hoofs the foal was as gentle and fearless with the king as if he had already ridden it through many battles with midnight it was as if the petals of a crimson rose were falling and drifting unseen through the air slowly the silence grew into such music that it seemed as if the dreaming moon and stars were leaning down over gwent and stroking from their silver harp-strings low slow melodious indolent notes that floated over woods and palaces as softly as the drifting of thistledown on the breeze or the falling of snowflakes in spring when no wind may be blowing song came in through the windows a marvel of quietness and dream rest king of gwentland rest under the lonely moon deeds are a wandering tune dreaming is best dream you and dream what are men's ways and wars horses and battle-cars foam on a wandering stream foam on a noisy stream let them alone and dream under the stars the place was filled with a million invisible spinners weaving around him silvery webs of sleep and dim peace ah let your striving cease beauty alone hath blooms here in our moon-pale peace here are no deaths nor dooms nor any warfare looms only white beauty blooms in our white peace the music rose and wavered and swooned 
and withered on the air mysterious blossoms did indeed bloom and glimmer up everywhere white wax-like flowers with such an odour of dream and honey to them that a warlike army in the moment of victory would have been lulled into slumber and silence by no more than a single breath of it swords would have fallen to the ground from their sweeping through the air towards the cleaving of helmets arms would have dropped limp that were in the midst of hurling spears eyelids would have fallen over eyes grown weary that a moment before had been blazing with battle anger throats would have become silent while half of the war shout remained unuttered sleep would have overtaken the mighty the eager the wakeful the raging but sleep could not overtake the king Turfliant. dream king of gwentland dream dream while the dream hours flow kings and their deeds and all these are but leaves that fall and wither and where they go none but the four winds know you king of gwentland dream while the dream hours flow flamwen adan golai looked into the king's eyes and he into hers it seemed to her that she had never beheld any one less for sleep and dreams than he was in my deed thought she here will be the end of this enchantment the stable grew fuller and heavier with blooms and scents and music the white wonder-flowers began to move and wave with the music glimmering like the opal as they moved and growing and changing till they lost their flower form and were guised like the children of beauty the family of gwyn the son of nuth there were hosts and hosts of them circles upon circles upward their wings were of all the hues of the iris the rose the peacock of the soft lustre of mother-of-pearl with their cloud-like gossamer garments for the hair of their heads they had plumage like night intermingled with dawn untroubled were their brows their eyes mild sombre glorious fathomless with antique innumerable dreams softer was their song than the wind of twilight among the reeds of tyvee than the call of far waters from the valley when the moon is shining at midnight in august more drowsy it was than the monody of bees amidst the lime-blooms on a cloudless noon in july in slow and slumber-weaving dances they swayed and waved and drifted around him downward and nearer they came tremulant murmurous sighing song softer than dream breathing through their circles he stood beside the foal and waited he could feel the breath of them on his face it was sweeter than the scent of pansies his head dropped he fell a nodding nodding his eyelids covered his eyes hey ho thought flamwen sighing will it be loss again and no end to it at all one arm of him was about her neck he leaned his head against her neck as if she were sleeping she turned quietly to the stall again laughing to herself his head dropped nodding nodding the long breaths of the sleeping came from him soft fingers brushed against his eyelids delicate arms came winding about his limbs the low singing trembled up into laughter silvery laughter of victory quivered up to the rafters but it broke off suddenly into a quick gasp he had flung forth an arm and seized the prince of the singers and dragged him down till he was kneeling before him on the stable floor with that a sigh passed through the whole cloud of them they were gone the light and shadow from the lantern fell on the manger the hayrack and the rafters 
it was as if there had never been enchantments in the world and now said tyrignon it would be well for me to end your days not so said the other were i to remain alive i should not oppose you further i do not know said tyrignon intensely discordant to me was the sound of the song you were singing it was the song we were willed to sing said the other whomsoever may have mastered us we sing what he wills us to sing such singing as you raised might well merit death said tyrignon who willed you to terrify the mare your enemy and hers if i were to remain alive i should serve you and sing in accordance with your desires and with your commands and indeed with the thoughts that you may never have spoken and this we should do both i and all those multitudes that were here from this out let song be raised with your people now then said tyrignon and if the singing be good and in accordance with my desires and even with the thoughts i may never have spoken i shall take thought and give it consideration and formulate my plans and designs concerning you but if it be less than that i will avenge the mare for her terrifying with that the other began his singing there was keen delight and wakeful vehemence in the most slumber-heavy note he sang the song was taken up by the whole of his host although they were unseen they multiplied their harmonies over gwentiscoid till the notes fell from henforth to aberimni like the first rain after a drought like the war-shout of a friendly host drawing near on the ears of the hopeless the besieged or like the battle-music of harps to warriors grown fretful in long peace hearing such a song and the immortal triumph and vigour of it no one would remain sad the quarrelsome would become peaceful even the mischievously stupid would cease from doing harm well well said tyrignon it shall be pardoned you on account of this singing few would accuse it of discordance or hateful sound and now said he by my will and by the wood the field and the mountain go you forward and sing the like of it wherever there may be evil in the universe he heard them go he knew there would be no breaking the spell of the three places two of the drops have benefited me said he no harm in the world had come to the foal the song died away at last into a silence broken by no far barking by no crowing of cocks by the calling of no owls from the woodland slowly the king paced up and down flamwen betook herself to her oats peacefully or to nuzzling and caressing her foal presently it seemed to him that the deep peace of the night without was stealing into far-off noises he stood still and listened long it would be the tramping of warward hosts it would be hoofs pounding afar war-shouts raised the screaming of the creels of impatient chariots slowly the whole noise of battle was driven in upon him it would be two hosts at war and between that and Aberimni and they would be drawing nearer they were to be heard now outside the walls of caerleon now within the town itself he could hear the voice of gurren gwent his pentaili and his own war-shout raised and the war-shout of the men of ireland opposing it he heard the crash of falling houses the wailing of women and children through the window he saw the glare of burning nearer and nearer the warfare would be drawing the stable-yard itself was becoming thronged with the anger of armies clashing of steel rolling of fierce wheels creels creaking 
thunder of hoofs and screaming of wounded steeds sharp cries and lamentation and the surging roar of two great war-shouts nothing but the stable walls divided him from it tyrinion tyrinion cried the gwithel fichthi where is the king Turfliant? never before this night was it said that he feared the men of ireland on the field of conflict tyrinion tyrinion shouted his own men where in the name of heaven a man is the king Turfliant? never before was it said that he was absent when the armies of gwent were hosted at caerleon so the battle raged about him made known to his ears but not to his vision suddenly in the press and fury of the tumult the walls of the stable fell leaving the roof supported on the four corner beams that upheld the rafters he looked forth about him was only mad battle surging and screaming louder than a storm in the forest branches wilder than the tempest on the raging sea they stood there under the roof the three of them and the two hosts not noting them not noting in their ardour the falling of the walls of wattle and clay girur gwyntoith held his head high fearless eagerly watching delightful to him were the things he saw flamwen herself was no more than half remembering the enchantments half she was quivering with desire to be out beyond there and the weight of her lord on her back Turfliant looked out on the proud innumerable war-scarred warriors of ireland and on the huge heroic princely chieftain that led them he looked out on his own men he saw that there would be no reproaching them he saw the heroic deeds of gwrn at their head it was difficult for him to withstand pride at their regal aspect their invincible demeanour at their having succeeded in deceiving the courteous men that were against them and in coming out few against many according to the ambition of the men of the island of the mighty and of ireland in peace he stood there while the warfare raged and clamoured swords swept cleaving helmets spears whizzed hissing through the air scythed chariots rolled forward reaping flamwen neighed and stamped impatiently she was unused to remaining at peace when war might be going forward before her eyes the king laid a hand on her neck she remembered and hung her head it was apparent to her that her lord heeded it as little as he would have heeded a fly buzzing among the rafters or a wisp of straw falling from the stall indeed and indeed now thought she although i myself might grow foolish and querulous and might forget what i desired to remember and sleep where i desired to wake it would be otherwise with my lord Turfliant sorrow take me thought she heeding her oats again unless i see this night the end of all this weary old enchantment suddenly with a shout the battle turned towards them it was apparent that the two hosts had seen them at last then the men of gwent were overcome they were borne down before the onrush of the gwydelfichti and the whole inimical host surged towards tyrinion the prince of ireland ran in upon him with sword on high there will be death where there is no yielding cried he there will be no yielding said tyrinion yet many would consider courtesy that is true said the other the time is given you to draw the sword and if it needs sharpening to sharpen it also the gods help them better thought flamwen few would attain cheating the king Turfliant. ah no good soul said tyrinion 
no doubt the sword will be rusted into its scabbard death it is then said the other death it is bound to be while his blade was in the midst of its falling tyrion regally made answer nor that either said he peace it will be a sigh passed through those warlike hosts they ebbed away like the ninth wave after its falling there was the quiet stable and the light of the lantern over the manger and the walls the sword that had been raised for destruction fell with a clang on the flags of the floor flamwen adengolai stood with her nose in the manger quietly munching her oats laughing within herself dear the prowess of this man thought she the splendour of his soul and all there was the one that had the guise of the prince of ireland bound in chains at the king's feet yes yes said tyrignon thoughtfully in deep peace you will be undoubtedly from this out nothing will disturb your quietude hereafter for the sake of heaven and man said the other lay not that fate upon us destruction would be better for what reason would destruction be better wherefore should i not lay upon you this merciful fate i am not one to desire revenge we are the children of war said the other we should pine away for ever unless we had violent confusion and warlike strife to sustain us who sent you here said the king your enemy and the mares said the other if i laid not peace upon you it might be that you would come troubling the mare again a mare would desire peace on such a night as this without your will we should do nothing and trouble no one from this out let there be destruction for us but not peace well well said tyrignon you might do no harm and still have violence to sustain you with upraised arms he stood majestic druid-like by my will said he and by the wood the field and the mountain go forward and make your war on the one that sent you here and be you at peace with what is best and at war with what is worst from this out in all the four quarters of the world the fate was on them then from that out the king went forward with his watching it would not be more than a minute before the sun would be over the rim of the world and an end to all danger of enchantments suddenly the mare whinnied and there was a crash at the window above her head a great talon broke in and clutched at the foal the least of its claws would be as big as the body of a well-grown man girurgwyn toith looked up at it curiously unafraid the king was on the manger in a moment vigorously harrying and slashing at it with his sword he wounded it so that it dropped what it was holding into the manger he drove at it with vehemence and gave it no peace for all its size and its strength and its hardness like steel and its tearing wounding angry claws it could obtain no advantage against him when the seven terrific blows had been dealt to it and the seven deep wounds given it was snatched back through the window tyrignon leapt down to the stable floor the sun had risen and the enchantments were at an end girur gwyntoith the foal of flamwen was as safe as if there had never been magical plots and thievery in the world as for what the talon had dropped into the manger when the king wounded it it was a beautiful and princely child the best in the world so far as turfliant had seen his age would be no more than three nights if as much 
his swaddling clothes were of white fine silk and linen his eyes were better than the sky on a june day for blueness his hair was long and beautifully golden round his neck was a golden thread and a gold ring threaded on it on the ring was this inscription in the coilbring characters about his middle was a fillet of woven gold of arabia it was apparent from the first that he would be the descendant of kings and gods from the moment he set eyes on him tyrion loved him when the world was waking he took the child to the queen we have no son of our own said he yes said she this child should be our son they gave him the name of goody gualtyrene until he should find the name his own mother had given him or come by a better name for himself as for a naming gift he had the best naming gift in the world from tyrion any one would know that would be girour gwyntoith the foal of flamwen adan golai with the naming of guri gwaltairine and the giving to him of girour gwyntoith for a naming gift the first branch of the story of rhiannon and Prideri comes to its end End of part fifteen.